trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me is your other faithful host, Rich Rich, how are you today? Doing good Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, welcome back to another show, actually released in a timely fashion this time, I swear. No, really, I swear. Uh, we won't go long stretches like December without recording, let's say. We'll try not to. We'll totally try not to. So, we are back. Uh, it is early in the year in 2015. We uh, just had a pro tour happen. Uh, we had a new set drop. Uh, we're waiting on the next set in this block. We got some cool announcements to talk about. We got all kinds of cool stuff to talk about. So uh, tonight we got a couple of topics we're going to discuss. It's not going to be one topic the whole time, but uh, it won't quite be a, a potpourri catch-all episode. But yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, so, Rich, did you... I know we talked about this before the show, but the listeners weren't here for that, or at least I don't think they were. That would be creepy. Did you watch much coverage of the Pro Tour last weekend? No, I didn't get a chance to. I mostly kind of followed what was happening on the phone. Yeah, I I actually watched quite a bit of it. Uh, not all of it, but quite a bit of it. And I have to say, number one, uh, coverage has come a very long way in a relatively short period of time. Uh, is it perfect yet? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it is way better and way more entertaining uh, than it was in the early days. I do think that the uh, the crew they've got doing commentary now is pretty good. Uh, they add value with a lot of their little bits in between games and in between matches, uh, which is really nice. Um, it's always, you know, I have this weird kind of uh, love-hate thing with, you know, I, I love to see LSV doing commentary, but I hate to see LSV doing commentary because it usually means that he's scrubbed out and they've pulled him into the booth uh, later on in the event. So, And if, if you want to call it scrubbing out when you just don't make the top eight... Yeah, yeah, okay. It's for a certain value of scrubbing out, I suppose. But yeah, I'd, I'd rather see, man, I don't know. I want to see LSV succeed because I think he's a great magic player and, uh, I, I really like to watch him play. But at the same time, I also like to get his insight into what's going on. So I, I, I don't know. I, I know there will come a day, I think, I think there will come a day when LSV will mostly hang up his hat as a player and uh, stick to, uh, commentary uh for events and the the game will you know both benefit and uh and and be i don't know diminished by that i guess i don't know i'm an lsv fanboy okay there i said it it's true what you gonna do stop doing a podcast with you what you don't like lsv uh he's fine i don't i don't love him like some people do well, I've also met him on a couple of occasions, so, you know, I have kind of a personal connection. He's not just a name and a player, he's a person I've met and interacted with, so I'm sure that that also colors my, uh... I mean, I've met him, I guess I didn't interact with him a ton, but, um... I mean, it was fine, I don't want to be, like, rude about it, like, he's mean or anything, because he's not, it's just... I don't know, it wasn't anything really... I don't know. Like, I think, the, honestly, the, one of the surprisingly nicest guys I've met was Brian Kibler. Oh, yeah. Kibler's a great guy. 
just being beyond friendly and just like in it for, you know, with his fans and stuff like that. I also thought Paul Rietzel was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I met them, like those guys, like, like I was always fans of them beforehand, but like, I, like, well, Kibler, I didn't start to become more of a fan of Kibler than I already was because I thought he was awesome, but I became a much bigger fan of Paul Rietzel's. Right. Right. And, uh, they had somebody new doing commentary this time. I'm afraid his name escapes me right now. Let me see if I can dig it up. Uh, but he actually works for Watsy. He's, he's, I believe from R&D. And they had him doing commentary. And he actually did a really good job, uh, I, I thought. I know lots of folks echoed that on, uh, on the Twitters and the social medias. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now because I didn't know that we would go this direction with discussion of it. But anyway, the point is, look, coverage was good. I enjoyed it. Um, at one point, I turned it on and uh, something just shy of 14,000 people were watching the stream. And that is not a small number. No. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about like NFL level numbers here. But at the same time... There were like 14,000 people who weren't off playing in an event, but were watching an event that was being played, which right. that's kind of cool that we've gotten to that point. That is really cool. Oh, can I also say that uh, we just live in the freaking future? Because at the time when I saw that 14,000 number, uh, I was uh, I was on the treadmill. And I had a, a Chromecast plugged into the TV by the treadmill. And so I was streaming coverage over the Internet, like without wires. I was streaming coverage from my tablet to my TV via a thing I just plugged into it. And I was watching people play Magic, you know, you know, thousands of miles away, along with 14,000 other people. And sure, we don't have flying cars, but I can do this. So that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Anyway, uh, it was a modern pro tour, so, uh, we, we'll talk all about, uh, you know what, let's, let's do that one first. We, we had a direction we were gonna take this, but we're already onto this, let's just go ahead and segue into it. So I just wanna say, we got an email from a listener, uh, that I'm gonna use as a, uh, a bit of a segue here. So a listener named Roger emailed us and asks, why, why did they unban Golgari Grave Troll? Why does Wizards hate fun? Lol. Uh, just glad I don't have to see Cruz for God knows how long. So, this is, of course, a reference to the modern bannings, which uh, we talked about those on this show uh, just a little while back, just when it happened, I want to say. So, a couple of weeks ago in, in January, they announced the new banned and restricted list. And for modern, they banned Dig Through Time, Treasure Cruise, and, of course, Birthing Pod, which we all knew would have ramifications for uh, modern as a format. And they unbanned Golgari Grave Trolls. So why don't we take a quick look at the metagame that happened in the Pro Tour? Because the Pro Tour was the first time we were going to see a major event with this new banned list. And so the question has been, what is this going to do to the modern format? So let's take a look. What did this do to the modern format? So, uh, thankfully, Adam Staborski had a uh, real nice article that is the uh, modern metagame breakdown for day two. And I, I got to say, it's a nice article. I'm glad I'm glad he did this. But we can see some interesting statistics about what sorts of decks made day two. Now, in the olden days, a.k.a. prior to this band announcement, what you saw a lot of 
in modern were pod decks. Uh, because if you were playing a creature-based strategy, it really behooved you to uh, actually pe- play Birthing Pod as your creature-based strategy, because yeah, it was pretty much the best thing you could do. Uh, no matter you know. what you did, Birthing Pod did it better. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, you need a creature, yeah, Birthing Pod gets you that creature. Uh, oh, you needed a different creature? Eh, Birthing Pod gets you that creature, too. It was an amazing, amazing toolkit deck. And if you were going to play a creature strategy, it probably should have been playing Pod. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay that they have banned Pod. Do I think that Pod will be banned forever? Eh, probably not. But it's nice to see a bit of a shakeup uh, to see what it's going to do. Uh, now, the other kind of big class of decks that you saw, uh, you saw uh, twin combo decks, and you saw uh, uh, what was oh a Jund like decks. Right. I mean, Jund is missing some pieces, uh, from Bannings, but, uh, what do you expect? Uh, but you know, those were kind of the, the, the big behemoths in the room. So now we got rid of Pod, so now what happens? Does, uh, does Splinter Twin take over completely? And the answer is, oh goodness no, absolutely not. It appears, so if we look at this metagame breakdown, there, there's a huge chunk of the Day 2 metagame that they've simply labeled as Obzon. And first of all, I don't really care for Obzon as a name just because I don't think it's any better than junk. Now, some will disagree with me, and they have a point that at least Obzon, if you went and Googled what Obzon means, you'll find that it's it's green, white, black, and you can go, oh, Obzon decks must be green, white, black. But if you went and you Googled junk and magic, well, you'll probably eventually come to the conclusion that, oh, junk decks are green, white, black decks. And it's named that for, you know, historical reasons and legacy, but let's not go into that. But I feel like we've just kind of exchanged one arbitrary word for another. And the problem is not all of these Obzon decks are created equal. They do different things. I need coverage to tell me more. Is it an Obzon mid-range deck? Is it, uh, you know, an Obzon uh, aggro deck? What, what does it do? Tell me more. But anyway, like 28% of the field is in Obzon. So what it looks like people did was they took their birthing pod decks, they pulled out the four pods, and they said, okay, of these creatures that I have left, which ones are the best? I'll just run four of those instead of like one ofs and two ofs of those. And that's what you ended up with. At least that was that was my take on it. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, I mean, but that's that was like, I mean, I guess you could say Jun wasn't really the same because Jun was generally the same list. But um, I don't know. I like the Obzon list. I like that they're using the old or new or the whatever con of this, um, the Dell people, Saltai. The Saltai, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like him. I thought he was cool, and I like that, that he got used in modern. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, Splinter Ten. I mean, they spoiler alert, they won. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. The, I mean, the, the Spl- twin deck did win. I don't think Splinter Twin will ever be a super dominant deck because people don't want to play that. It's not like people think some combo decks you just pick up and you do the combo. Splinter Twin is not an inherently easy deck to just pick up and play. No, it's not. It seems easy. Oh, you put Splinter Twin on this and you do this and then you win. No. Mm, yeah, it's not going to work out well for you. That's that's not how it goes. I mean, first you have to know when to combo off and you have to know when can you just not when do you not need to? I mean, when can you just kind of value them to death? Yeah, it's actually a surefire way to go uh, 03 drop is to pick up a deck like that and go, oh, yeah, just jam it together and you're good to go. No, no. 
I mean, it's so much about, I mean, they have, they run four lightning bolts. They got electrolyzes. They got Vendillion clicks, which is a 3-1. Um, they got, I mean, some counter spells. Um, a lot of counter spells. A lot of counter spells. And then Flame Slash, which is, and it's, you know, deck stacking was, and they have, granted, you know, what was it? One, two, they have six cards that go, that combo off with Splinter Twin. Mm-hmm. And Snapcaster Mage, so. Yeah, they do work. Plus, this deck this deck survives Blood Moon better than most, which they run in this. This at least the winner was running in the sideboard. Yeah, I think that uh, Blood Moon could have done a lot more damage than than it it did. I mean, there was uh, one one of the top decks who came in second, I believe, was this Amulet Bloom deck, and that deck really just kind of folded to uh, to a Blood Moon because he had so many non basic lands that he was using for advantage. That if you Blood Mooned him, yeah, he's pretty much done. Well, I mean, because this is the deck that um, uh, uh, Matthias Hunt ran much um, a year ago. Mm-hmm. That was the last Modern Pro Tour was a year ago, and that, at that time, Blood Moon was huge because um, there was the Blue Moon deck they called it. Yes, it was pretty much mono blue control that, but with a few things that splashed red, so you can play Blood Moon and just ruin your opponent's day. And that just that's what knocked. Matthias already said Blood Moon was super popular. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it ever went out of popular because even with Abzan, they need a lot of non-basics. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, I don't know why Blood Moon ever runs out of favor for any deck that can survive it. That's just it. a lot of decks just can't survive it. Now, uh, a card that actually saw at least uh, it featured heavily in at least one match that I watched, and I, I don't know how big of a splash that it made, but I did not expect to see this card at all. Was Humble Defector. Do you know Humble Defector? I do not know Humble Defector. Okay, so it's this uncommon from Fate Reforge. Uh, it costs one and a red for a 2-1. So it's a 2-1 for two. And it has the following ability. Tap, draw two cards, target opponent gains control of Humble Defector. Activate this ability only during your turn. So on the face of it, it sounds like a, a pretty janky, not very interesting card. Right. But, uh, you know, you could use it to, uh, you, you could try and, uh, gain some card advantage from it and then kill it off before your opponent got it. Or, or you could do just something totally janky and stick a, uh, a splinter twin on it so that you make a copy of it, activate the copy, give the opponent the copy, and then it goes away. <laughs> right. Uh, That's now, hilarious. Uh, I, I, Think that it works. Now the, the the problem is that works with uh, Splinter Twin. Uh, let me let me check the the, the wording on Splinter Twin. Uh, Splinter Twin. Uh, exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. Yeah. So you you are instructed to exile it. So you will exile that thing. But uh, if you try and do this with Kiki Jiki, that doesn't work because Kiki Jiki tells you to sacrifice the token that you make at the end of turn. And once you've given it away, you can't sacrifice it anymore. So. Uh, that's, that's one of the things you can do with it. But the thing that I saw done with it, uh, is, uh, the player who played it, he taps it, and with the ability on the stack, he plays a Pestermite, and untaps it, and then taps it again before he has to give it away. So, he ended up drawing four cards off of his Humble Defector before giving it away, and he was perfectly fine with that. That's crazy. So yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, the by shaking up the modern meta game, you know, people can complain all they want that oh they took away the deck that I love, but uh, with the occasional shakeup like this, it really does make people do some creative things. I just one of the things I like about it is uh, well the I like they use Karanos. 
Mm-hmm. He's such a good stall breaker in modern. Just such a good, you have a few turns to answer this before you're done. And a lot of decks don't deal with gods well in modern. Uh, this is true. This is true. I mean, but although modern's got path to exile, right? And even though they're indestructible, once they're a creature, you can totally exile them. Yeah, that's correct. And there's always, you know, the uh, uh, the O-Ring, the Universal Solvent. Right. Big, big fan of O-Ring. But, I mean, I, mean, I guess Abzan decks would run it, which were super popular, but, I mean, not tons of decks run that. Yeah, and, hey, Siege Rhinos, as far as the eye could see, is what we had. Of course we did. Siege Rhinos are really good. Yeah, so, okay, did did these bannings really shake up modern? Okay, pod's yes. gone, so, yes, shook up modern there. Uh, what about getting rid of Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time? Well, what did that do? It's hard to say because there wasn't any real major modern tournaments while those were around. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I, don't, I guess I don't know what they based their decision to ban them off of. Maybe uh, Magic Online results, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, well, let's, let's go take a look at the explanation of the, uh, the changes, uh, from the, the announcement. I'm not sure how much we talked about this at the time that it happened, but, uh, here's what Watsi themselves had to say. Uh, decks playing the powerful card drawers have been winning a lot and pushing a lot of other decks down in competitive play. Red-Blue Delver decks playing efficient creatures, card drawers, burn, and some permission spells have been the most successful. Also, decks focused more on burn or combination decks using Jeskai Ascendancy have done well. However, as these decks have occupied a large portion of the competitive metagame, the overall variety of successful decks has been suppressed. It is imbalanced enough that Wizards of the Coast has decided to act, blah, 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 so... I'm going to say it was Blue Red Delver that they were trying to take down. So let's take a look. What what did Blue Red Delver do on day two? Do they actually have anything labeled Blue Red Delver on day two? Because it all comes to... This is another problem that you run into with with coverage and trying to uh, figure these things out. Uh, As decks shift in what they do, they get relabeled, and it depends on who wrote the article as to what the deck's going to get labeled. So they do have Sultai Delver. There was one Sultai Delver deck that made Day 2, uh, but I can't help but think that some of these probably have other... There's probably Delver in some of these. Like these Jeskai... There were five Jeskai control decks. I'm betting there's some Delvers stuck in there, too. But the point is that Blue-Red Delver was not the dominant deck. Right, and if you're trying to prevent that success, you have prevented that. Well, they did what they set out to do. Yeah, so I'm perfectly fine with what's happened here. If we look at the top eight, uh, I want to say the top eight had uh, two burn decks, three Abzan decks, although they were different focuses for the the different Abzan decks. It wasn't like they were all identical uh, decks. Uh, and what else did we have? Uh, God, I need to find those deck lists, because let's see, you know, two, five. Uh, there was at least one Splinter Twin, because he's the guy who won it. There's a couple uh, of Splinter Twins. Yeah, I think it was two Splinter Twins, and then the Amulet Bloom combo deck. So it was, it was fairly diverse. It certainly wasn't, uh, all mirror matches all day. Uh, so right. that's good. Uh, so. is always good. Yeah, we we treasure diversity in our modern metagame. At least I think so. Uh but uh, the 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 question 
uh, that came from our listener, though, was why did they unban Golgari Grave Troll? And I think the answer to that is actually fairly obvious. When I know he asked it fairly uh, tongue-in-cheek, but uh, they unbanned it because Golgari Grave Troll is not a problem, because Dredge is totally not a problem. No. Nope. Particularly not with strong Delve spells in the format, including, uh, uh, what's his name, Tassiger. Uh, yeah. That uh, you you don't, I mean, yes, filling your graveyard is all well and good, but you're really, you, you're not going to leave stuff in your graveyard very long. She's going to delve with them these days. Yep. So we've traded one delver for another. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, oh. see what I did there? Lose your hilarious. Yes. Score. We can ship the episode now. We've had our, we've had our pun. Oh, that was a good one. I didn't even plan that. Sorry. It's just a thing that happens. Oh, my mind. So I have to say, though, uh, looking at the modern burn decks, I actually have started to want to play modern. And this Surprise. Is, this is the first time that I've said that. But, it, you know, basically, if you look at the modern burn decks, it's like, oh, it's just a slightly suboptimal legacy burn deck because it's got all the same creatures, most of the same spells. Uh, we took out Price of Progress because we can't run it. And we splashed white. Um, I'm still not feeling the splashing white. I, I almost feel like, I, look, I know, I know you gain a couple of really good spells by splashing the white. But by doing that, you kind of take yourself off of the Blood Moon plan. And I feel like Blood Moon, particularly game one, if you can main deck Blood Moons, if you can be that, you know, gutsy to do that, there are a bunch of decks that you just wreck. Yeah. With the turn three bloodman. Of course, with some of the decks that you're going to face by turn three, you're dead. Uh, it's, you're, I mean, you're not actually dead, but the game's over by that point. Like that yeah. amulet, that amulet bloom deck. Oh my god! If you saw that thing, it could jam a turn two prime time. And yeah, you're probably if you're a burn deck, you're not coming back from that. Some other decks might be able to deal with it, but if you're a burn deck, it's not going to go well. Not, I don't think there's many that can deal with that successfully. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, maybe that's you can uh, act of treason it and get your own lands, but uh, I, I don't know. But still, you sit me and you still have to deal. I mean, that's you buy yourself a turn. You still have to deal with it. Yeah, burn decks are not meant to deal six damage at once. Now, uh, scape shift is still a deck. And I like scape shift. I think like scape shift's a cool deck. Eight scape shift decks made day two, so that's that's not too bad. I like scape shift. That's that's my kind of deck. I think. Yeah. Outside that, there's generally green in it. All right, so let me let me ask you this. Okay. We've been discussing Blood Moon and its ramifications for modern. Uh, we know that non-basic lands are extremely important to modern. Yep. There's this little card that's not on the reserved list, even though most people think that it is, but it's not. And What's that? It's called Wasteland. Uh, I don't know. Wasteland doesn't cost you anything but itself. Yeah, so I've ne- they haven't printed any any LD that hasn't cost anything. That's just free. I'm I'm just saying, look, there if if you want and I think I've said it on this show before, if you want to make a pseudo eternal format that that's really good, if you want to pull those legacy players in, just reprint three cards that are not on the reserved list and we're good to go. And those three cards, they're not even they're not even dual lands because those are reserved. They are uh wasteland because seriously if you've got a greedy mana base you should be punished for it. Uh uh 
God, uh, Force of Will, that's the one. Sorry, I, I even blocked its name out of my mind. Uh, and I know, you're hearing from me, Force of Will clues, What what what's wrong with you? But no, you need it for combo decks, right? We need a way to shut those down, yep. so we'll stick it in there. And Brainstorm, look, I know it's banned, but just unban it, and there you go. We now have Legacy Light. It's it's Legacy where you take more damage from your dual lands. Yeah, but I don't know if they want that. I don't know if Riot, I mean, not Riot, Wizards wants that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if Riot wants it either, quite frankly. I don't know if Riot gives a damn. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a, maybe that's a topic for another day. But, uh, right. I, I think that, I think that Wasteland is at least something that R&D could think about. I'm not saying it's, it's time yet. I'm just saying that it's something they could think about and it's certainly something that, uh, could be important later on. I mean, hey, you wanna, you wanna punish the crap out of a Tron deck? Eh, how about Wasteland? I think she thinks about it all. I think they think about it like every time a new set comes out. Mm. Like they probably think about these legacy cards. Like, is it safe for us to use them? Yeah. But I think honestly, I think the biggest thing they think about is modern. Like, is this safe in modern? Yeah. Well, I think the the biggest stumbling block for that though isn't just the modern metagame, but it's the current way that they get cards into modern. Is you have to print them in a set. And so the question is, is this card okay for standard? Because it's got to go through standard to get to modern. And even when it's a card that's meant for modern, you have to be careful what format you put it into. Yeah, but I think it's like easier to put some of those cards into this um, standard because they're, they don't last as long. They don't have the same combo. Like You can say, all right, we want to put Force of Will back in standard. They can easily go, okay, what don't we want in, the, in a set with Force of Will? Mm. They don't have that luxury with modern. Modern, is just, it's just there. Yeah. So let me ask your opinion on this. Could they get away with printing cards that are for modern but never make a set? In other words, could they, in Magic, in Modern Masters 2015, could they print cards that are for modern that aren't for standard? Or is that you too mean, like, like or is have that never been confusing? in standard? Yes. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, much in the same way that they'll print cards for Commander in products that never see any other thing. Right. But Commander and Modern aren't the same. You know what I mean? I mean, they're just, they're so different. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, they're just, I don't think they can. I just think those sets are, those formats are so different. Like, there's no Pro Tour for Commander, which otherwise that'd be awesome. What? No, no, I, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there and say it, this is one of those things that it sounds awesome the first time you say it out loud. Like, okay, up to, for our younger listeners out there, someday you will be all quote-unquote grown up and you can start to make your own decisions about what's okay. Like, for instance, you can go, you know what? I'm going to have popcorn and ice cream for dinner. That's going to be my whole dinner. I'm not going to eat anything good for me. I'm just going to eat a big old bowl of ice cream and eat some popcorn and that'll be awesome. Hey, that's what I'm eating for dinner tonight. And that sounds awesome the first oh, time you try it. And then... Then you realize, oh God, I'm not, you know, 18 anymore, and I feel absolutely awful because I just ate a big old bowl of ice cream and ate popcorn, and that was it. Um, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Nope. I agree. So, on the subject of a uh, pro tour that's commander. That sounds cool, because, hey, I like Pro Tours. Hey, I like Commander. Hey, let's jam them together. But look, whenever you see competitive Commander decks, 
they're not fun. They're some janky combo-rific deck that wipes everybody out on, like, turn two or three, and that was just a waste of everybody's time. That's not Commander. But if you think about it, those matches will be so fast. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's it's the only way to have a fast commander match is to uh, tell people, yeah, this <laughs> there are prizes on the line. Suddenly, it's fast. Yeah, uh, and there's not. But it's the real the real trick there is, you know, do you having like just one per people play? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, do you, you make know, it one on one, or do you make it a, a pod with four people, and then how do you decide maybe points based on when you're knocked out and multiple rounds? I I just don't know how you would do that logistically. I I can tell you from a judge standpoint, I absolutely abhor running uh, commander events where there are prizes on the line. Yeah, it's probably not fun. It's not. It really isn't. So uh, what I'm going to say is if you go to like a GP and you want to play Commander, just find some people and play Commander. Look, I know the TOs are going to be upset with me, but you don't need to go sign up for a side event involving Commander. It's it's not going to be as fun as you think it is. No, it's not. Now, just hanging out with people, just set up a, a, a sign on your table that says, uh, Commander, join me, and people will sit down and they will play Commander with you, and it'll be cool. Yep. And you'll meet yeah, some like, new friends. My friend, like, my friends have done it before, they, um, they were playing at the table and they wanted one person to win and they were splitting the prizes. Yeah. That's, de- that's just not fun. No, it's not. And the deck that was, that wanted to win was a combo deck, and the deck that wasn't winning was a mono-blue control deck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so that's some stuff about modern... Do we have more we want to say about the modern Pro Tour? I, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, you know, I, I'm i starting to think that this modern thing might stick around. Probably. I got a feeling. Yeah. So take that for what you will. Yep. I mean, I, I like... I like. I think modern's a cool idea. Now, what I what I don't like is in fact, but that's probably a topic for another show, even though that's also in modern. Uh, anyway, so there was another thing that got announced over the weekend here at yes. the tour. Now, I was not watching the coverage at the time this was announced, but I was watching the Twitters, and the Twitters just kind of exploded, because that's what it does when this was announced. And that is, a while back, the nice folks at uh, Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro uh, had... Uh, submitted some paperwork to get a trademark on a thing called Magic Origins. And everyone was like, oh, what's Magic Origins? What could Magic Origins be? Well, I'll tell you what Magic Origins is. Magic Origins is uh, Watsy making the terrible mistake of not naming the last core set uh, Omega. I honestly think that, I think that's Magic's last set. Omega? Yeah, but the thing is, they won't know ahead of time that it's going to be their last set. It will just They be- might. They might know when they're done. I think so. That mean they they might go out when they choose to go out. Hmm. I don't I don't think that's the way it's going to happen. But you know you may be right. You may be right. We'll we'll just tuck Omega into our back pockets there. Uh, but yes, Magic Origins will be what would have been called Magic 2016. Because seriously, why did they always get the years wrong? But uh, the the last core set is coming out this summer. They're going to keep releasing sets, but the last core set is coming out this summer. And it is going to be called Magic Origins. And they've got uh, the set symbol and the, the release dates and all that kind of jazz. Um, what we know about it is not a whole lot. We know that we're going to know more 
and that we will know more uh at the uh the Watsi panel at PAX East, which is coming up in just a few weeks. I'll be at PAX East. I will be at this panel. I look forward to seeing what they're going to tell us about it. You'll probably hear about it just as fast as I will, because that's how social media works. But we know that they are going to focus on uh, the origins of some of the planeswalkers that we all know and love, or know and tolerate, or are aware of, let's say. Uh, The ones that they've chosen are a little interesting. Uh, so of course, did they re- I didn't see. Did they release all of them that they chose? They did. They did. This was this was uh, apparently talked about. So uh, I don't know if it's in the official press release, but I think it was talked about uh, via some of the designers on social media. But here's what we know. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and name a color, and I want you, Rich McCann, to pick which planeswalker we're gonna focus on their origin for this color. Okay, you ready? Okay. Yep. Blue. Uh, Jace? That is correct. So it will be Jace. You are one for one. Okay, red. Chandra? Chandra, that is also correct. So you are two for two. Black? I know it's Liliana. Totally Liliana. You are three for three. How about white? Uh, probably not a Johnny. Gideon? It is, in fact, Gideon Jura. You are four for four, since after all, Elspeth is dead right now. Uh, and, uh, last but not least, green. It's probably going to be Garrick, but I really wish it's not. It's Nyssa. Really? It is Nyssa. That's right. But we, we know a lot about her origin. We do, but it's who we're going to focus on anyway. So, yeah, she wasn't just printed last year in a core set. She's back for this one. And it could be because we kind of know a lot about Garrick, or maybe it's because Garrick is right now kind of multicolored, or maybe he's, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's Nyssa. It's totally Nyssa. That's now, interesting. It's also possible that these are the planeswalkers that they want to set up for fixing the Eldrazi problem. Because we kind of we kind of do have an Eldrazi problem. Uh they can get out of hand. But anyway, so those are the ones that we're gonna focus on, and we're gonna look at those uh basically uh, their their origins before they were planeswalkers is what we're gonna see. Uh and you think they'll you think they'll, that's how their cards will be? Yeah, there's some indication, and like I said, I I don't have official word on this, but I'm pretty sure this was also discussed by designers from Watsi on social media. We're going to see pre-Spark versions of these Planeswalkers. So that means they'll be cards. So they will be cards. Right now we're thinking legendary creatures. Now, let's let's throw some other speculation in on the fire. So if you look at the announcement, it tells you that this is a 272-card set. It was accidentally announced as 277 cards. Now, why might that be? Well, let me put it to you this way. If you, were, if you were to go to Gatherer and search for Garrick, you would find that there is one more card listed oh, and I really there hope are they're not cards. flips. I really hope they're not flip cards. Yeah, so that's the speculation is that cuz that's 5, right? The difference between 272 and 277 is 5. Okay. So here's here's an idea. What if they are legendary creatures and there is either some condition or some activated ability that lets you transform them and you flip them over and now they're a planeswalker. Now, y- you got to admit that would be a nice use of the transform mechanic. It's interesting. 
I, I honestly think it's more of a surprise kind of, hey, there's the other five. I don't know. That's, that's this, I don't, that's weird. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if I like that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's interesting. And I, I could see it. Now the question is, could they make a card that is good enough, both as its creature version and as its planeswalker version, that it would actually see play outside of limited? I don't know. Now the other thing to think about is what if the transform, uh, condition Here's here's one for you. Think about how most of the Planeswalker sparks that we know of have ignited. When they die? It's usually when they're about to die. So what if uh, if this creature would die, instead transform it? No, just because I think it gives Black such an advantage. Well, like it's so much yeah, so easy to sacrifice your own stuff when that's not as easy in other colors. Like, let's say you make a, a Nissa, what are elves? They're small. So let's say she's a one-two. Hmm. And she costs, but she's cheap, you know? She, and then she dies. You just let her go for day, you know, block for days. Yeah. You just don't, you just never block her. And you try to find a ways around attacking into her. Well, wait, what if you make them expensive? What if you make them far more expensive than their creature side should be? But right? Then, what if, what then, if your one-two Nissa actually costs like three green green? Okay, so, so you've, uh, and, does she do anything? She, they have to do something else, I'd imagine. No, nope, this one's is just she, a one-two. This is this okay. is the worst card. We're just gonna spitball a bad card. I so you cast her on turn six. What are you gonna do with her? I mean, you can swing into the opponent who they can let through and a one-two, and then they'll swing back. And then so you can't attack with her. You have to hope that they attack into you, and you can block. And if they have flyers, you're screwed. And if they have an O-ring or anything that exiles, you're screwed. Okay, then how about this for design space? What if we make them cheap? Okay, so now our one two Nissa costs one and a green. Okay, there's there's our one two Nissa. Uh but if she would die, you can pay green green and instead transform her. That's not bad. Make it like kind of a regeneration thing. I would think about it like because everyone gets their spark differently that they would have to do different like well, let's, let's say Nissa, she's about to die. That's how she gets it. Sure. But like Liliana, she's black, easy to die. You have a lot of sack outlets. She, right. It's not for her to die. It's something else has to happen. She has to block a creature with power two or greater than hers. Ooh, ooh, here's a good one with flavor. Okay, ready for this? It's really narrow, but it would be very flavorful. Uh, if Liliana would die and you control a demon, transform her. Yeah, see that, that's where you start to get into the, um, them not playing, them not, not, not uh, seeing play outside not of seeing play yeah. at all. Anyway, I, I think it's interesting to, uh, to, to talk about. It is, I think it's cool that they're, um, I really like that they're focusing on Nissa, not Garrick. Um, they really don't have any other green planeswalker to go off of, so it's either one of those two. Cause do they even have another mono green planeswalker? Uh, no. Uh, well, okay, uh, no, they've got, uh, uh, what's her name from, uh, from the commander set. Okay, yeah, um, uh, yes. F- Freelies? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, okay, so they, yeah, they have her now. So, but I mean, she's like pre-mending planeswalker kind of thing, so I don't, I mean, I guess, but I just don't see her, them using her because she doesn't have any, there's no emotional attachment to her yet. Mm-hmm. Because she's so new. And they've clearly been thinking about origins for a while. Right. So I just think it had to be one or the other. I'm really glad they're not going with Garrick. I really, it's a little bit, little bit surprising me they're not going with the classic Lorwyn five, mm-hmm. especially since three out of the five are the Lorwyn five. Yeah. 
But I didn't think they'd do a Johnny because they focused so much on a Johnny in the past couple of years that they just feel like, and we already know so much about his origin mm-hmm. that it's not the way to go. Um, Tezzeret, we, we know a lot about his origin as well. Um, Chandra, I don't think anyone cared about Tybalt's origin. <laughs> Poor Tybalt. And I think we, again, that's another, we explored Koth's origin a lot too. So it, it had to be older planeswalkers where they really just didn't explore their origins as much. Mm-hmm. But you know, I still feel we've explored Nissa's quite a bit, so I'm a little su- little surprised they're using Nissa. But I just honestly think they didn't have, they just didn't want to use Garrick. Yeah, I feel like that's more of a complete want of what they wanted to do, and they didn't want to use Garrick. Gideon's uh, yes and no. We have his because he's not from Zendikar, correct? Uh, Gideon that's the, that's the is set we not, got him, but yeah, that's that, not where he's I don't from. I don't believe he's from there now. So that's you know, we have him. Oh, Zendikar, he's on Zendikar. He wants to stop the Eldrazi. He's a warrior. We didn't know much else about him. So this, like, using Gideon makes, you can't even understand how happy it makes me. Mm-hmm. But I will say that if that's, he's a creature first, like, he's probably gonna cost, like, five and he's gonna be a six six. Yeah. Who doesn't take damage. And he's not a planeswalker. He's just gonna hit you in the freaking face every time. It's gonna be awesome. Once again, this, this awesome, I'm not really sure you, uh, I, I'm not sure that we agree on this definition of awesome, but, uh, it's not like it's not like he has hexproof. <laughs> yet, uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's not like he has hexproof yet. We'll give it to him. No. Oh, clues. No, no, no. Yeah, let me let me see. There was there was some more information about it that I wanted to get your take on, but I've got to find the right link. Is it the the art with Liliana wearing white that looks amazing? There is totally the art. Which looks absolutely amazing. Because they've shown two scenes of Liliana in her home planes. One she's wearing all white, and the other one she's wearing black. But she doesn't have the scars yet. Yeah, well, I mean, she got those when she sold her soul to some demons. To I know, I'm just, I'm just, oh, I don't think I've ever been so excited for a corset to learn. Like, I mean, I know I'm not super into the lore a lot, but I mean, oh, Flavor Cast is going to have so much fun with that. Oh yeah, that is absolutely true. I'm I'm really excited to learn, especially like about like honestly, I know that people are gonna be shocked because I like a lot of Jace's. I really don't care about his origin like at all. Jace, yeah, his like I think he fits in certain stories, certain places. But I've liked his cards, but I've never felt his story has ever been anything but anything immaculate. Mm -hmm. Now, like Gideon's and Liliana's stories, awesome stories, awesome stories. Um, Nissa's, I'm interested to see the route they go because we've we've explored they explored a lot with Zendikar. Chandra, uh, she's fine, I guess, because, I mean, it's Koth, Chandra, or Tybalt. It's, I mean, those are really your options. So, they could have went with Tamio. I think Tamio could have been a really cool blue one. But again, she's only printed once. She doesn't have that same nostalgia feel for people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real big thing they want to go for is nostalgia. And I know Gideon can fit with this nostalgia. I guess I necessarily don't know where Nyssa does. But it is funny to think, though. Both the non-Lorwyn five are both from the Zendikar block. Yes. I do think that's a little bit interesting. So they must have deemed Zendikar old enough to carry the nostalgia. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, Zendikar was an incredibly popular block, and there are a huge number of people playing right now who were there for Zendikar. You know, actually... Actually, Every Zendikar good, Planeswalker has had more than one printing. Uh, Zendikar was what, around 2010, 2009, 2010? Uh, I, I want to say... 10, I want to say 10. Yeah. I think I started playing around 11. Yeah, Zendikar, I think, released at the end of 2009, but early 2010, let's call it. 
if you think about it, supposedly the statistics tell us that the average number of years that a magic player is active is about seven years. So here we are at, uh, you know, about five years from Zendikar. So if you want to just hit people right in the nostalgia spot, we have a huge number of players who are playing right now who started right around the time of Zendikar. That's true. But I mean, I think like Zendikar Planeswalker has been popular where every one of them has gotten a reprint in a new form. And I don't want to say reprint, like a new card. Mm-hmm. Gideon has gotten a new card. Soren has gotten two new cards. Nissa has gotten another one recently. Those are the new, newly introduced. Sarkon was, I mean, the Sarkon was a second one, and Jason Chandra were second versions of themselves already. Yeah. So, but they've all gotten third and fourth, I mean, third forms from all of them as well. Whereas Zendikar, I mean, that's really been, like, Planeswalkers they've used. I mean, they put both Gideon and Sorn in corsets. Mm-hmm. So those are clearly Planeswalkers they enjoy from that block. Like, we haven't seen other Koths or Tamios or Tybalt's. Which I'd be okay with seeing another Tamiya or Tybalt. Yeah. Okay. Just different. Like give, honestly, if you can give Tybalt a nice, good red version that would, let's say, work in Legacy Goblins. Oh well, I mean, yeah, obviously that would be awesome. So, but I do, for some reason, I think the next time they print Tybalt, he's going to cost like five. Uh, I think he's definitely going to cost two. I think he'll be expensive, just to kind of like not like the polar opposite, but like. Trying to, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's ignore that we want to, you know, ignore his mana cost. Let's just make him good and then cost him accordingly. Mm-hmm. But I still wish that they would have, you know, I think Tamiya would have been really nice to use for, if they, if that's what they are doing to fight the Eldrazi, just because of her studying of the Silver Moon, which is actually traps. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cool, but. Oh, yeah. Because uh-huh. what's Jason's do? Oh, make the Eldrazi forget they want to kill everything until they remember they want to kill everything. So, someone somewhere had put together had had taken pictures from the uh had taken some screenshots of these announcements and there were a couple of things that I wanted to talk about because I know they're talking about some new mechanics that will be in there. Of course, that's somebody don't do new mechanics. That's they don't they don't normally, but my understanding is that they are going to do some uh, some new mechanics. I mean, honestly, calling it Magic Origins, which is an awesome name, by the way, is almost like them, like, they're like, you know, we're not going to do a course set. We're going to tell a different kind of story that's not tied to one plane that other course sets have never been able to do. That They've tried recently, but I think they're like going, no, we're actually going to do very story, very much story driven, because this is our last hurrah for the course set. Mm-hmm. Our last hurrah to tell you multiple stories at the same time. Oh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I do too. You know, I, I, I've been on record many, many times as saying that I enjoy corsets and, uh, it's, it's gonna, I just don't know how much story they're gonna tell. I mean. But here's the thing. Her, this is, and this is a real thing. Sure. Are they going to have a, a corset without planeswalkers? If, I mean, if they're doing the origins of them pre-spark. Mm-hmm. Which means most likely they can't be a planeswalker card. They got to be a creature card. They do. Are there going to be no other planeswalkers? See, that's mm, what if they did both, right? What if? But that's what I'm saying. All right, no, the planeswalkers are we using? Are we see? Are they going to be like another version of Jace, or is it going to be Tezzeret? You see what I mean? I, I don't think they're going to dilute 
the 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 five that they're trying to focus on. I don't think they're going to dilute those by having other planeswalkers. Right, but I mean, it's just going. Then you have to have them as a planeswalker card. But how do you have them as a planeswalker card pre-spark? Yeah, well, so the, again, I guess you know, there's your flip idea, but then there's transform. Technically, not flip. Transform double-sided cards. Yeah, because I mean, flip flip is the Kamigawa thing that they won't do again. But another thing, though, I mean, do they want to go through that trouble of a flip again with for just five cards? Well, why, well, look, if you're gonna do it, how is this not a perfect opportunity? That's true. How about this double-sided infect cards? No, we sh- we cannot do that. That is totally unacceptable. Says who? Me. Mm. In fact, no, just no. Well, one side it doesn't have infect, the other side has has infect. Well, as long as we can't flip to the infect side ever, that's fine. Oh, of course you can. It's not be silly clues. That sounds awful. Let's let's not do that. By awful, do you mean amazing? No, no, I'm gonna stick with awful. I'm actually not super huge on infect either, but I don't hate it like you do. Yeah, God, I hate it. Anyway, that's uh, that's the origins news for the time being. Now, I I do want to say this, okay? So, uh, let me let me go back to the announcement for origins real quick because I want to I want to read something to you, and that is the initial concept in game design. Do you know who was in charge of that for Magic Origins? One Mr. Sean Main. Now, I know that guy. Listeners to this show may know the name Sean Main as we have had him on not once but twice. And uh, hey, Sean, could, could we could we talk to you, buddy? Maybe right after the right after the set is spoiled completely, so you can actually freely talk about cards. It would be awesome to get you on. So we like uh, Sean. Mate. We're gonna we're gonna try and make that happen because Sean's awesome, and the set sounds awesome, and we like to talk about awesome things on this show because we're awesome. So let's make that happen. Things are awesome. Everything is awesome. And is that where you, you're going to splice in the music? No, because then we'd have to actually like pay royalties or something. We, we totally don't have permission to use that music. Everything is cool. Unlike our intro and outro music, Everything is awesome. Which, by the way, is by the awesome band, writer. I Fight I'm Dragons. At, I Fight Dragons. Yeah. We get a lot of questions about them. Yes, I Fight Dragons. We do. And we do have permission to use it. I did uh, contact them when we started out the show. And I think it was your idea, Rich, wasn't it, to use that as our, yes. our intro and outro song? And I have to say, that was a fantastic idea. It, I think it's really fitting. And I know it always makes me happy to hear it. Everyone loves it. I've never, ever, everyone I've ever talked to always says, ah, I love your guys' intro. Yeah. Like, yep, it's awesome. We love it too, don't worry. So they're a cool band, go check them out. Uh, I think they've got a new album coming out. Soon. Oh, if, if they do, I'm gonna be so excited, cause their first one's awesome. Yeah. So. And I don't spot, I don't support music that I don't really enjoy, so that tells you how good these people are. Sci-Fi Dragons. Actually, excited to hear that Imagine Dragons is coming into Minnesota soon. I like Imagine Dragons as well. I like dragons. Yeah, dragons are cool. Dragons are cool clues. So hey, uh, I think I think we're kind of at the end of these two topics. We could start talking about something else, but I I fear we might go a little long if we end up doing that. And I know you've got some uh, some things you've got to get to tonight. I do. So I think maybe we'll put this one to bed. But I, I do want to mention we just did just now. I happened to go check my Twitter, uh, and we did get a question from a listener, Jeff, 
who enjoyed our latest episode, which our latest episode as of the time of this recording was the one where we talked about Planeswalker cards. Uh, and uh, Jeff says that he enjoyed it, but wants to know if we would be upset if he nitpicked a couple of things that we got wrong. And I want to say to yes. everyone out there, no, we would not be upset at all. Please, by all means, give us feedback. We like feedback. We may not always answer the emails you send us, but we read every single one of them, I swear. And we're going to try and be better about answering them. I kind of promise. I, I don't quite pinky promise on that, but we're going to try. Uh, so please do. If you wish to give us feedback, if you've got something you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you think we were totally off base on something we talked about, or you want to give us just any kind of feedback whatsoever. We're never off base. Uh, right. We're, we've never been wrong on this show. Not a single time. Particularly not when I said that Jace the Mind Sculptor is going to be reprinted in Modern Masters 2015, because he is. So, uh, if you would like to reach us Wait, or give us is feedback. That, is that spoiled, or are you just lying? Oh no, that's gonna happen. It's totally gonna happen. We we know it. Oh, you know you, it. But, I know it. But you have no proof backing it up. Oh god, I have absolutely no proof whatsoever. And someday I will have to scour the archives and delete this clip from this show. Uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. That would take way too much effort. And yes, I understand there is a good chance that I'm wrong, but uh I'm leaving it out there. Uh you you all when it when it turns out to be wrong and you all want to rub it in, don't bother. Yes, I know it's crazy. But and don't worry, his co-host will rub it in for him plenty. That's right. Card advantage will end when Modern Masters 2015 <laughs> releases, because I won't be able to talk to Rich anymore. Is what it comes down to. Uh, but no, if you want to reach us, if you want to give us feedback, there are several ways to do that. Uh, you can, of course, find our stuff on the CardAdvantageCast.com website. Uh, not cardadvantage.com. That is a retailer that we're not affiliated with. You can go there too. I don't really care, but you won't find us there. Uh, don't tweet at us when they yes. screw you over. Please, please don't tweet at us if you're having problems with them. We don't know them. We're not affiliated with them in any way. Uh, you can reach us though at our email address, which is mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com, uh, cardadvantagecast.com, and at cardadvantage on Twitter. Uh, so all of those ways will get you to us. If you want to reach myself directly, the best way to do that is on the Twitters. I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes that no one ever reads. They might read them. They might. Uh, I, I can't yeah. give you promises. Pretty sure the percentage of listeners who ever look at the show notes is really, really low. Hey, Clues works hard on those. You should read those. That's right. Sometimes they're funny. I don't. I don't have to read them, but you should read them. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to reach Rich, on the other hand, your best bet there is uh, at – what, what was it? At uh, something fanboy – Oh, who was I fanboying that face. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, don't worry. It was Winky Face. Yeah, it was Winky Face. That was, that was two episodes. No, it's it's at Mind Mage. Uh, the A in Mage is a four. Again, that is also in the highly excellent show notes that you can find – Attached to this and every episode of this show. Wasn't so. it a pl- was it a planeswalker? It was. It was absolutely a planeswalker. Soren. Walker. It was, it was Soren. <laughs> Soren that's right. Soren fanboy. Yeah. Uh, good Soren times. fanboy winky face. Good times. Uh, I will tell people coming up, we do have uh, another flavor cast episode coming soon. We're going to try and do those more regularly because folks seem to like them and I like doing them. So there. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but I will tell you that I won't enjoy it. Uh, but that's what I'm willing to do for you guys. Oh, yeah, that's what we decided on. Yeah. yeah that's right. I'm not, not gonna enjoy that at all. I was yeah, trying to remember if we decided on exactly what we were doing yet. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so there, teaser. Haha, you can wildly speculate about that. Anyway, that is all we have for you this week. A little bit of a short show, but that's okay. I think we hit a couple of interesting topics. Things for you guys to think about. What do you want to see in Magic Origins? Let us know. Uh, what do you think the modern metagame would do when we reintroduce Wasteland to it? Because we will. Someday. Probably not today. Exactly. Exactly. And that is a good way to end the show. So, thank you all very much for listening. We will see you all next time. The dog was was perfect timing. What's the dog's name? Thor. 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 Perfect timing, buddy. Perfect timing.